welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Beyer. And I'm Len Foote. And welcome to the program. You are listening live from the home studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where a studio audience is jacked to the max to listen to a podcast about a band that has been around since the mid-60s. They still tour in various forms, and they have gone from being everywhere to somehow being underrated. I think they're one of the most underrated bands out there today. And um, I think that's because they have had so many incarnations. And we'll talk about all of them tonight. The band in question is the Jefferson Airplane, also known as the Jefferson Starship. And then, of course, Starship. And then various... Uh, forms that came afterwards there was a jefferson there was another jefferson airplane album there was another jefferson starship version there's now starship featuring mickey thomas there's a lot of them and we'll talk about all of them uh they've really had a a crazy career there's a few things i want to say about this band right off the bat they they have a song that may be one of the most um, iconic songs of the sixties white in white rabbit. That's a song that you th- automatically think of when you think of the sixties, mm-hmm. they have another song called miracles that could very well be called like the quintessential seventies song. Like that is such a seventies kind of vibe and feel is so it really sums up the seventies. And then they have a sh- song uh, we built this city. <laughs> I mean, you could say that is like a quintessential '80s. You know, that is that's how you do an '80s hit. Um, and to me, so those three songs kind of encapsulate each decade, you know, pretty perfectly. You know, so you maybe you could say they were following trends. Who knows? But I'll also we'll say this. That's seven or eight. You got to give them credit for the 60s, though, because that stuff, I don't think they were following trends in the 60s for sure. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and I'll say this. They have seven or eight albums that aren't just good. They're great. So if you only know Jefferson Airplane or Starship for just, you know, White Rabbit and Jane and um, nothing's going to stop us now, you should look into their discography. And we'll talk about all of them. Um, because, and as far as like personalities go, they were also one of the wildest bands ever to craziest bands to ever, uh, be in the scene. And, um, so we'll go through all that. We'll have our playlists. Uh, we'll have our favorite all-time favorite song, favorite albums. Um, and, uh, we'll also just sort of go through some uh, insane <laughs> stories and things uh, concerning, particularly Grace Slick, uh, because who's somehow still alive? Unbelievable. Eighty-three, I think she is. Incredible. Uh, I mean, no one tried harder <laughs> to uh, end themselves. Yeah. Like. And she was wild. She was wilder than 90% of rock stars out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll also, I have some thoughts on 80s Starship. And actually, they come from Grace Slick herself. And I thought that was a really interesting way to think about it. And um, so we'll go through all that. Uh, and then we have our playlists. Oh, I think I mentioned that at the top of the... Um, so uh, let's start... With, I guess let's just go chronologically and we'll start with Jefferson Airplane. Um, I, I again, these guys are like these guys were underrated because they were out there before most other bands were like they started to get popular with like you know psychedelic music long before it was a fashion. I mean, I think they really set trends in many ways. Um, with some of their first few records. 
I would say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 67. That's when they they hit it. Yep, they hit it big. And they their first five albums are, all five albums are really, really good. Um, Jefferson Airplane takes off, which actually has a different lead singer. Um, Signe Anderson was their lead singer for the first album, along with Marty Ballin and Paul Cantner. Paul Cantner. Mm-hmm. And she left because she had a baby. And, uh, and then there was a band called The Great Society, which was led of two brothers, uh, Jerry and Darby Slick. Those were the two brothers. Mm-hmm. Jerry Slick's wife was Grace Slick. And so Jefferson Airplane said, hey, how'd you like to leave? I know you're in a band with your husband, but how'd you like to join our band? And she said, yep. <laughs> Also, I've got these two songs, White Rabbit and Somebody to Love. These are like top 10 hits. I was going to do it with them, but I'll do it with you guys. Cherry Slick must have been like, you hang <laughs> off, Grace Slick. <laughs> but anyway, th- they did Surrealistic Pillow. And if you, as a listener, if you have not listened to Surrealistic Pillow, it's terrific. Just, it's really kind of a gentle lilting kind of almost like folk almost folk album it's not too uh psychedelic there are some psychedelic touches like white rabbit is absolutely you know in the psychedelic era but the rest of it is pretty you know there's a lot of you know acoustic stuff and kind of ballads it's great then things get really weird because (laughs) <laughs> After Faking and Baxters, that album is out there, but it's it's brilliant. I love that title. After Bathing at Baxters, I know. That album, we do our top 500 uh, Rolling Stone, top 500 albums of all time. After Bathing at Baxters absolutely belongs, in my opinion, in the top 500. It's It's better than so many of the records that I've talked about. Over the years, I think Crown of Creation is it's good. It's not great, but it's good. It's got Triad, um, which was written by David Crosby. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the best song on there. But I, I think they just you know, it three incredible albums. It's just it's a slight dip in my opinion. And then Volunteers is their fifth. Album. Volunteers is that's just jams. Yeah. So jams. Um, so what I just think is hilarious about them is <laughs> so they had somebody to love in White Rabbit, two top 10 hits, yeah, that people loved. And I think the radio stations were mad that they slipped White Rabbit past the censors, so then they were basically censoring every Jefferson Airplane song. Right. It didn't matter because everybody loved their albums. So yeah. just like how I talked about even earlier today on a recap episode about some bands, they just kept going because they didn't need the hits. People were buying their entire albums and enjoying them. And what I also thought's impressive about them, they got in the rock hall fast. They're in the rock hall like 96. So there was no hemming and hawing about putting Jefferson Airplane in there. People were like, yes, they're in immediately. The thing is, so you have those five albums and then they kind of broke up and splintered and they put like two more out, two more out that didn't do nearly as well. And then they were done. But uh, they also were like basically an incredible live band. And they have a lot of live albums. I didn't get a chance to really listen to them, though. Is there one specific one that you really like? uh, It's. Bless its pointed little head is like the one that they was put out while they were. That's really good. And there's a whole bunch of like now that of like recordings have surfaced. If you go to like Spotify or uh, Apple Music and look up Jefferson Airplane, there's a lot of live records. I haven't gone into some of them, but the ones that I've heard are 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 good. They just 
you know, they just do kind of like, I mean, they were out before the dead. So they were touring with like Moby Grape and Big Brother and the Holding Company with Janis Joplin. And that was like the San Francisco music scene. Mm-hmm. And so they were kind of doing dead, like where they were, you know, doing these long kind of jam kind of songs that went on for like 10, 12, 14 minutes. Uh, They're doing that before the dead. I'm sure the dead were watching Jefferson airplane and being like, they they're great. We can do that too. Yeah. And uh, And the amount of talent in the band is crazy. Yeah. So their live stuff is, is, is good. Uh, Jorma, Jorma uh, Kakunin. I'm totally butchering that last name. And Jack, we Kent. never messed up names, B, but I'm sure you're saying it correctly. Yes, I've been talking about Luca Donkick and <laughs> other, uh, but their bass players is also pretty awesome. Jack Cassidy, he was, yeah, cool. he's famous. Like Cassidy, Paul Kantner, Grace Slick, Marty Valen. I mean, just a very impressive amount of talent. Absolutely. They're the only band. In to play the Monterey Pop Festival, Woodstock, and Altamont, all three. Yeah, I didn't know they were at Altamont until I read about that. Yeah, Marty Ballin got beaten up by the Hell's Angels. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's the famous quote from the movie where I forget who was talking to Jerry Garcia, and they're like, oh man, they're beating up musicians now. <laughs> Terry Garcia goes, oh, bummer. <laughs> that is like, we will not be going on. <laughs> yeah. We're getting out of here. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it was just shocking to read that. And I feel like Grace Slick has an autobiography that I have somewhere in my house, but I haven't read it. But now I'm like, man, you don't realize how much they're involved with. So I don't know how good her book is, but I, I want to read it now. I read excerpts. It's like they've been underreported too, because you know, I read Mojo and all that stuff. But I don't ever read an article about them. And they're huge and imp- had a big impact on other bands. Absolutely. So it goes along with what you're saying that they've turned into this underrated band now, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think if you like I said, if you love music and you're interested in the the, the music from the '60s, you'd be wrong to um, just dismiss them as just White Rabbit, somebody to love and nothing more, because they mm-hmm. they had a ton. Um, and uh, they also they bought, or I don't know how they bought or just rented it, but they bought this huge mansion in the middle of San Francisco. That they all lived it. The band all lived in it together, where they would just host like the most wild. They were into free love, you know, because they they believed the '60s, and so they would hold the craziest parties. And they uh, had like special acid and drug taking paraphernalia, so that uh, guests could like experience like whippets or hits of nitrous oxide. Like they would sit all in a circle and they had it, it was added to their house so that they could all do the drugs at the same time and experience the high at the exact same time. So that was like built into their home. And, uh, and another, and, and the house was huge. They had like huge Roman columns and this huge stairwell that went down all this ornate, uh kind of like it was from the turn of the century and there and these 20 some morons are in there um grace <laughs> grace slick talked about how she would walk around and it opened to anyone anyone they the doors were never locked so anyone who wanted to come in could because it was the 60s and everybody loved each other but grace slick said she walked around with a gun just in case and <laughs> said one night uh she said yeah i almost killed david crosby (laughs) in an area of the house that i was not expecting him to be in and i had my gun thank god i saw him 
or he'd be dead. <laughs> As, which may, which begs the question: Like, did you shoot other people? And, uh, <laughs> Maybe covered it up. Mm-hmm. The last thing I'll say about that house was um, <laughs> uh, the uh, rock writer Joel Selvin for the San Francisco Chronicle. He said, "Yeah, I visited that house." And each floor had a level of importance. So if you were nobody, yeah, just hang out on the first floor. Uh, if you're a little more interesting, you got to go up to the second floor. And if you were, if you were David Crosby or that level, then you got to go up to the third floor. And Joel Selvin said, I went up once. I got into the third floor once and I walked in to the room and he said there was so much cocaine all over this huge table that he said it looked like a bag of flour. <laughs> I was like, why are they doing this bag of flour on the own? Oh, that's not flour. <laughs> we do the same thing here, but we, it starts with the yard, yes. basement, and then the main floor. That's, that's, that's the Jag Bags hierarchy. That's why you've only been in the yard. So, Me? Yeah. Well, one day I'll get to the, um, the, the next level. Uh, I've been told. Basement, yeah. Basically, basically when when Alex and I sit in the uh, front yard and I say, I think we'll get into that. uh, (laughs) We'll make it in. It's been three years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, uh, you know, an interesting thing, too, is about Jefferson Airplane is they also played a rooftop concert, which I was not aware of. On top of a hotel. This was two years before the Beatles rooftop concert. And so you watch the footage of it and it looks like the Beatles rooftop concert, the famous one from Get Back where everyone's hanging out their windows like, who's this? (laughs) They only played one song, unlike the Beatles. And unlike the Beatles, when the cops showed up, they were like, wow, the Beatles, awesome. Like, God, this is incredible. Do we do (laughs) Unbelievable. Uh, the New York cops are like these freaks, you know. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Do you know what song they played? Uh, they played uh, a song. It's the first track off After Bathing at Baxter's. I think it's like You and Me and Puneel or House of Puneel or something with Puneel in it. I just love that album title so much. So from now on, whenever you ask me, anyone asks me what I'm listening to, I'm just going to be saying after bathing at Baxter's. Yeah, and if you, this is going to be my answer from now on. I was playing that yesterday in, uh, in the house and uh, Eileen comes in. She's like, what the hell? (laughs) After bathing at Baxter's. That's what I'm listening to. (laughs) She's like, I blame Len. (laughs) <laughs> as i said suspicious yeah suspicious um but yeah i mean i think probably just the way that that band was put together and set up i mean there's just it had to splinter apart i mean they were just going too hard and what i keep thinking though beave is what's funny about them is they did all this crazy stuff, but no tragedies. Yeah, it almost makes you think like that's why they're not maybe as famous as some of these other bands. It's a miracle. You know, like a Brian Jones or Jim Morrison or you know what I mean? They somehow got through it. All all of them got through them all. I think there was somebody who wanted to be in their group that left because they I just can't. So all they do is do drugs. And <laughs> going to kill each other or kill me. But they made it. They made it through. Yeah, Gray Slick is eighty-three. Beef. It's more insane. Somehow more impressive than Keith Richards. Uh, it's. I mean, after reading about them today, it's, it's pretty close. You know? <laughs> he was nuts. Yeah. Now I re- I've only read excerpts of her book, but now I'm like I kind of because you could tell she definitely has a brain in her head. More than no, her. yeah, yeah. I've read interviews with her. She's definitely smart. I got to dig it out. I don't even know where it is, but I have it somewhere. Yeah. But you, you feel like there's a movie in here. Absolutely. 
there's got to be a great movie or even like a great book besides like like i said i haven't read grace flicks but i don't remember it getting a lot of promotion but you feel like maybe somebody could write a better book about them yeah or just do like a like a series of um you know like a like a you know netflix series yeah Uh, or a documentary like a great maybe two-part documentary about them right because they were they were together the airplane part unless you want to do all of them because i like jefferson starship i get the (laughs) i get the negativity about starship but i will defend jefferson starship um she uh the the last thing i'll say about grace slick she was invited to the white house because uh by uh nixon's daughter because they both went to the same college and uh grace slick accepted and she brought like a powerful dose of LSD that she was going to put into Nixon's drink. She was going to drop it. Like she was going to do it. Like she had it with her. (laughs) And the secret service agents figured out pretty quick that grace, her maiden name was in fact, grace slick who the FBI had a file on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like they had her on, they had her on like their domestic counterterrorism uh file list or whatever and she was stopped and asked to leave we could have had nixon on acid (laughs) there's also some crazy story where grace slick was performing in germany and was basically taunting the audience about world war ii (laughs) she's insane She said there, she goes, I was, I was, I was trying to get fired. I was like, what would get me fired from, uh, from the, the band? And she hit on that and it, she said it worked because she was fired. <laughs> oh, like, almost shooting David Crosby. Well, we can overlook that. Uh, you know, going to the yeah. White House, putting acid in the president of the United States. Well, you know, that's just grace being grace, but haunting a German <laughs> crowd. <out>. Too fun. <laughs> To be fair, there was a gigantic riot. <laughs> she was doing that. The band was lucky to escape with their lives. Oh, man. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's funny because they kind of like slipped into, you know, when they became Jefferson Starship, they were still making great music. Uh, Dragonfly is a great album. Two of my favorite albums of all time. Um, Red Octopus Great. and Freedom at Point Zero. Freedom at Point Zero is terrific. Yeah, it'll be, it's way up on my list when I'm counting down my top 500 of all time. And you know who would always play Jefferson Starship? Dan Lepke. We'd go to his house. And him and his brother would always be playing Jefferson Starship. Starship albums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they. So, that's yeah, how I, I ended up liking Freedom at Point Zero so much. Like, this album's great. Yeah. They had just so many. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, didn't know that they had a lot of hits. So the money was rolling in, but they had, and Spitfire. Um, which I think was after Red Octopus. All those albums, uh, I think went, I think Red Octopus was like multi, multi-platinum album, the biggest one of their career. And same with Dragonfly. And um, even the uh, one, oh, Spitfire, that went, that went platinum as well. I mean, they just, so, I mean, I think it was, I think it was what you were saying before is that their fans just, you know, they didn't have like a huge amount of singles. They had some. Yes. 
Uh, Spitfire and With Your Love, which was a pretty big hit. That's a pretty big hit. That's a great song. I love that song. And they had hits, but like... like Marty Balin, has, he has a great voice for those ballads. Yeah, he really writes a lot of... Uh, and then, you know, after uh, Grace Slick, you know, insulted the German crowd and uh, <laughs> was, uh, you know, booted... <laughs> You know, they, uh, according to uh, Wikipedia, they were asked to do a single for the Star Wars holiday special. Remember the- I was going to bring that up. Go ahead. Special? And they did that and Marty Ballon was disgusted. <laughs> How far <laughs> we have fallen. <laughs> Light the sky on fire. Um, but that was a hit. But then, yeah, they got Mickey Thomas. And then I think their next album was Freedom at Point Zero. Mm -hmm. I think that was the same. I think, And I think they got the drummer from Journey, too. Yeah, Ainsley Dunbar. Yeah. Yeah, and so that was kind of their turn into, I feel like from listening to them over the past few days, Jefferson Airplane is just a total different thing. Yeah. And then they kind of progressed like Jefferson Starship was, was still pretty rocking and maybe a little more classic rock, but the closer they get triumph and journey and all those kind of bands from that era. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so you're right. And so they did become like this arena kind of rock band and trying to make, you know, fill that, you know, be, be in that top 40, but like hard rock kind of, you know, be on the loop, you know, kind of the kind of music you'd hear on the loop as opposed to like an experimental rock. Station. Yeah. And having Mickey Thomas as the lead vocal instead of Grace Slick or Marty Balin. Right. It kind of led towards that. Right. But wow. I still like, I still like their early 80s stuff. Before they turn into Starship. <laughs> but even Starship, I like a couple songs. Now, let's... Because um, they had, like, Be My Lady. I liked that song. That was off of Winds of Change. Yeah, and Find Your Way Back is a really good song. Yeah, and No Way Out. Remember No Way Out? Mm -hmm. um, those are Those are like the good arena rock songs. Yeah. yeah but kind of getting into ballad stuff. They, they, they were kind of moving towards ballads um you know a little bit so it wasn't like it was a complete change but i think Kantner was like you know what <laughs> this is not my scene it's slicker i think is the word we're looking for yeah i think he just said you know boring more produced yeah less experimental like you said right but then but then grace slick was back in the picture mm -hmm. and so Grace Slick had an interesting take on Starship because Starship was maligned. Oh, yeah. It was pretty easy to make fun of them because they were... I watched the video for We Built This City because I was just like, you know what? This is... 80s videos are ridiculous. This is a completely uh, 80s song. I've just got to watch the video. And but Grace Slick had an interesting take on it. She said, you know, we really couldn't trade on our past successes because everybody was gone. Was yep. Brand new band. So we had no his well, we sort of had a history with Starship. We had me, you know, I'm Mickey Thomas. Um, so you know, we had to, he she said with Starship, we hustled for everything we got. You know, we were not partying hard and doing the drugs. We were, you know, the record company told us to be somewhere and we did it. And then they said, make a video and we did it and go on tour. And we were doing it and we were doing everything we had to do and working our tails off um, to successful. And which was different from the airplane where we didn't care anything about that. We were like a traveling circus. And, you know, you know, we're just we're just going to show up at the Fillmore East and, you know, jam our brains out for two hours and 
stick what out and Lord knows whatever's into our, you know, bodies and um, totally different, which I thought was interesting. And, uh, and I'll, I'll go on record right now. I like Sarah. I like that song. I love Sarah. It's a pleasant 80. I had Sarah on a 45. Yeah. Yeah, I think I love that song. That was a huge hit. But We Built the City is just so ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. The lyrics and the... (laughs) You almost want to just listen to it without the lyrics just to hear how ridiculous the music is, you know, because it's loud like... It's bad. You know who wrote the lyrics to We Built the City? Here's a... Bernie Taupin. Really? Yeah. And Bernie Taupin was quoted by saying, uh, yeah, that song was terrible, but guess what? I paid for my uh, uh, daughter's college education with the money I made from. Yeah. All for the money. Listen to this, Steve. So Starship, three number one hits. Yep. Jefferson Starship, zero. Their highest charter was Miracles, which was number three. Yep. And Jefferson Airplane just had the two top ten hits because mainstream radio said, no, you guys are on drugs. You guys are singing about drugs or revolution. So they they had to have made a ton of money with Starship. I, I think you're right. I mean, just one number one hit you make a zillion dollars on. They had three. Yeah, nothing's going to stop us now. And Sarah, Probably. and we built the city. Uh, nothing's going to stop us now from the seminal 80s movie Mannequin. Uh, Talk about a double combo. <laughs> Joe Maria used to sing me the lyrics to that song. I didn't mind nothing's going to stop us. <laughs> well, it's, it's not as bad as We Built the City. I don't know any other Starship songs. You don't know It's Not Over Till It's Over? Oh, I do know that. Uh, That's like a classic 80s pop song. I like that song. That song's fine. Um, and tomorrow doesn't matter. Tonight's okay. I remember I remember watching the video for that, but that one wasn't a big hit. It was a minor hit. Right. And like I said, I, I loved I loved Sarah. But I <laughs> I had I had all the machines, the Grace Slick song on today. Yeah. And Lauren Darby looking at me like I was insane. <laughs> and then We Built This City came on, and there was an audible sigh that came out. Man. So. <laughs> the thing I remember about We Built This City, which, of course, you heard on the radio every five seconds, um, was that it came out because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was being planned. And it was down between, as I recall, it was down to three cities, New York, Cleveland, and San Francisco. And so Starship being like the kind of, I mean, they were the first band to make it huge out of San Francisco. If you, I mean, you, if you really want to talk about it, they were the first. And so I think they were kind of pushed into that, like, hey, write a song that cheerleads San Francisco. So that, you know, you know, they'll, they'll want to um, build the rock and roll hall of fame in in there. And uh, so all the Cleveland DJs were all down on it. It's like, here's the, here's starship. They're trying to take our rock and roll hall of fame from us. (laughs) We're going to play a song. Isn't this a terrible song that we're going to play for the millionth time today? Yeah. That's my, those are my memories of we built this city. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a crazy evolution. It is from a druggy '60s band to, I feel like in the '70s, I really, I really like their '70s albums, but more ballads in the '70s. But their ballads in the '70s, I think they're great songs. They don't feel like planned hits. They just happen to be so good that people like them. At least that's the way I look at it. Right. Like Miracles and With Your Love and Count On Me. I think all three songs, all songs, all three of those songs are great. Mm-hmm. 
And then, like I said, they're they're steering towards Arena Rock. And then the bottom kind of falls out, at least for critical reception. But oh, yeah. then they're raking in the raking in the money in the eighties. They, they were. Because that was like a four-year stretch where they had these hits. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I think that, you know, they, the, and, and by the end, by like the 80, by like the 90s, I mean, I think they were pretty much done as a creative force, but they toured all the time and were like playing 60s revival shows. They're still touring, I read. It's some some incarnation of the band is still touring yeah the one guy there's one guy left but he wasn't an original member freeberg he joined after jefferson airplane broke or maybe he joined for the last two jefferson airplane albums like after jorma kekkonen and cassidy left they re they recruited freeberg and freeberg is the only guy left for this jefferson starship well, you're mentioning those two guys. Have you ever listened to any Hot Tuna? I have. What's your take on Hot Tuna? I, I don't know them. I don't know. That's a band I've always heard about but never really listened to. What do you think of them? I think they are, all their songs sound the same. It's Jorma. Oh, really? Yeah, it's Jorma, Kekunin, Jack Cassidy. And like, so you they start out and you're like, God, these guys are just so good and tight. And they just, their guitar and bass is so great, but it never goes anywhere. They're so, like, they have one idea. Yeah, like, well, I get it after five minutes and, oh, there's 40 minutes more of the same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give them a listen, though. And I will have the correct take on them. Oh, in the future. will you? Well, Bobby, Chris, Gow, we look forward <laughs> to your expertise in this area. But before we go into our playlist, I just want to say I've really enjoyed listening to all this stuff. Like all the Jefferson Airplane. Oh, yeah. And these Jefferson Starship albums that I didn't know as well. I, I knew Red, Oct- Red Octopus, Freedom at Point Zero, Surrealistic Pillow, and Volunteers are the albums I know fairly well. Yeah. But the rest of them, and I've, I've enjoyed almost all of them. So I'm going to keep listening. So I'll probably have more to say on the subject as we continue on. So maybe like in a recap episode, I might add some more thoughts on Jefferson Airplane and Jefferson Starship. Probably not much more on Starship, but I don't want to get kicked out of my house while I'm listening to it. I think uh, it's interesting to, you know, we talk about the dead quite a bit. We, we did a podcast um, uh, about the dead with our friend, Chris Markham. And I think it's just the dead and Jefferson airplane were tight. Like Jerry Garcia and a lot of the guys from the dead are all over those airplane albums, um, which is interesting. You just, cause the dead are kind of their own entity, but you know, that's part of the scene as well, which I think is, yeah, they're, they, they've, they've gone back to like this obscurity kind of thing, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They could be one so of I'm the saying it's right for a series or a movie or a great book. So maybe when I'm done writing and performing important, that can be my next project. I think that's a uh, a, a great call. So you submit <laughs> the first draft. I will correct it. <laughs> oh, my first draft on what? The Jefferson Starship, I mean, the Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson Starship movie. You want to write a movie or a book? Uh, the, a book would be good too. A book would be there's plenty of stories we got a pick though are we writing a book a, a book or a screenplay let's do uh a screenplay would be awesome sounds good we're yeah. raking the dough then oh man yeah i'll uh i'll contact regency maybe he'll take my call well you call him and then i'll call him all right <laughs> all right out of all what is your favorite jefferson airplane song let's start there just airplane yeah, we'll just do airplane and then starship. So first airplane and then your favorite starship. Hmm. Maybe like just an obvious one for airplane. Maybe uh somebody to love. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a great one. 
Um, I've got, uh, I like, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my finalists and then I'll pick one. Okay. I love wooden ships. That is great. I and love- Paul Kander sings lead on that, right? I think he does. Yeah. I mean, he's got such a great voice too. Yeah. I love, I love that version. Yeah. I love what he wrote it. Didn't he write it with, did he write it with David Crosby? I think it's Kantner, Crosby, and someone else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's that's great. Yeah, I love that. Love it. I love that song. I love um, My Best Friend from Surrealistic Pillow, which sounds like that could be like a Mamas and the Papas kind of song. It's very mm-hmm. poppy and groovy. I think that's a Marty Ballon tune. Really good. Uh, I also like sh- just sorry, beef. Sorry. Wooden Ships was written by Crosby, Stills, and Kantner. And and Kantner. Um, I know that Crosby. There's a really good book called Waiting for the Sun by Barney Hoskins, and it's all about the rock scene in California. And what they talk about is how David Crosby. And Stephen Stills, they were both down in L.A. And I think Neil Young was in on it, too. And they were like, hey, there's a lot of great music going on in Northern California that we've got to go up and, you know, be a part of. Mm-hmm. Because there's just great music up there. And Crosby and Stills are very influential in getting audiences, like major record company, to pay attention to uh bands like Janis Joplin because Janis Joplin was in that scene and Jefferson Airplane and The Dead so it's 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 an interesting book um anyway so I like Wooden Ships I like uh My Best Friend I like Triad which is also written by David Crosby the birds would not do it because it was about a threesome and the birds were like yeah that's disgusting. And that was another song they didn't want to play on the radio. Yeah. And Airplane was like, cool, we'll do it. <laughs> uh, they're sitting in their castle or wherever they're at. Oh, my God. I love uh, Two Heads from After Bathing at Baxter's. And um, I also like Young Girl Sunday Blues, also from After Bathing at Baxter's. So I'll go my favorite. If I had to pick a favorite, I'd go with um my best friend i I really like that song um okay wooden ships a close second yeah all right what's your favorite jefferson starship song this one's harder because i know like i said two of my favorite albums are by them yeah i'll go first mine is miracles yeah it's a great song i'm gonna go just because it's a little bit lesser known I'll, i'll go play on love that'll be mine that's from Red Octopus. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a jam. Red Octopus is awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. That also belongs in Rolling Stone's top 500. How could it? It you... was in my more important top 500 beef. Well, the lead singer of Old Crow Medicine Show, who contributed to Rolling Stone's top 500, is as a bone to pick with. He's faxing me now saying, How dare Len? Doesn't know that uh, suicide album, suicide <laughs> album, she's work of genius. Has he not listened to all of Pavement? <laughs> I have three Pavement albums in the top five hundred. Three. Yeah. Um. Okay. Should we do a uh, best Starship song? I think we talked a, a lot about. I Star- think we'll probably have the same one. I think Sarah would. Sarah's my pick. Yeah, I love Sarah. So that's all right. Do you should we do? Uh, well, what is your favorite album out of the whole, out of all of them? From Freedom at Point Zero. That's your favorite. Mine. Yes, is, I've, listened, I've listened to that album a million times. I love it. Mine is Surrealistic Pillow with Red Octopus coming in a very close second. Um, but it probably in a couple months my. Standard answer will be after bathing at Baxter's because I'm just going to say that all the time from now on. Uh, 
with also with knee deep in the hoopla coming. <laughs> yeah, that's fun to say too. I like. That. <laughs> um. So uh, now, as far as uh, a playlist goes, now uh, we thought we'd do something a little fun here, where I will do a playlist all Jefferson Airplane. And Len will do a playlist of all Jefferson Starship. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you threw any Starship in there or not. I put one Starship song in there. I, I'll, uh, the judges will allow it. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to do your Starship first or do you want me to do my airplane first? Why don't you do airplane first? Because then it's chronological. Very good. All right. So. Uh, my first song is White Rabbit off of Surrealistic Pillow. Then uh, then it's It's No Secret, which is off their first album. It's a Marty Ballin tune. Um, then I went with My Best Friend, which uh, which is my favorite. Um, it's a, that's my favorite airplane song. I really... If if you learn nothing else, get Surrealistic Pillow. It's it, I could have put the whole album on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, then Young Girl Sunday Blues, which I also, that's from After Bathing at Baxter's. Then Triad, the David Crosby song, that's from Crown of Creation. Then uh, Coming Back to Me, that's just Marty Ballin and a guitar. And like a little like flute in the background. Lovely song. Lovely, lovely song. It really sets a mood. Um, wooden ships then from Jefferson Airplane uh, what I like about wooden ships Beeb, is this Jefferson Airplane version and the Crosby I like both versions but they're different they're both completely different yeah because there's just something about the way Kantner sings it that makes it a different song the the, the airplane ver- the, the Crosby Stills and Nash version is like classic rock that's classic they're not messing around. It's a jam. It's a it's a total jam where the airplane version is almost like peaceful. It's not it's not a like a hard rocker. It seems to be a little little more mellow. And Cantner the the airplane has great harmonies too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, three great singers. Three great singers. And uh, so, but it's not, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little more, um, yeah, softer and peaceful, I guess, is, uh, um, then uh, after that, I have Let Me In, that's also from the first album. The first album's really good. It's got, um, the, the big hit from there, and I didn't put it on there, is, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's. Come on, people now, smile on me, brother, everybody, get together, try and love one another. Right? Is it a cover of that? Yeah, it's a cover. A lot the, of people. The Youngbloods did the original version of that. A lot of people covered it, and yeah. Airplane do a nice version of it. That's mm-hmm. on the first. Uh, they also do a good version of Tobacco Road, um, which is another popular folk song. Everyone covered that. Yeah. David Lee Roth's version, of course, is the best of Tobacco. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, just to finish this up, uh, I I'll, then I have two heads from uh, After Bathing at Baxter's. Uh, we Can Be Together from Volunteers. Martha from After Bathing at Baxter's, which is excellent. Uh, How Do You Feel from Surrealistic Pillow. And then Volunteers from volunteers um, mm-hmm. and that's that's got great lyrics too great yep. lyrics. so that's my list and i could probably it was this was really tough to get it down to 45 minutes mm-hmm. but that's my playlist all right and here's my jefferson starship playlist started off a course with miracles jam find your way back jam with your love jam great ballad uh play on love which i just said was my favorite girl with the hungry eyes 
Ooh. Freedom at point zero. Damn. Sarah, which is the one. That's the Starship. Starship song, which me and Beeb will be singing at Liquor Box after this podcast. Yeah, we'll be going there for the Starship party. Mr. Craig Shachiquo will be joining us. <laughs> and Nicholson. Nicholson. Uh, of course, he's a mainstay. Yeah. Ride the Tiger. Please. Count on me. Another good ballad. Yep. Stranger, which Dan Lapke will be very happy that I put on here because he put that on a tape for me years ago, like in the 80s. I was like, that sounds great. Yeah. Uh, laying it on the line, which is sounds so much like Triumph and Journey. <laughs> you almost forget it's <laughs> Jefferson Starship. Jefferson. And of course, to finish up, from the Breakfast Club soundtrack, Fire in the Twilight by Wayne Chung. You know, first of all, uh, that's not, oh, that is that from the Breakfast Club soundtrack, Fire in the Twilight? Yep. yep. It uh, is. Okay. <laughs> Beef had something going, but his momentum got squashed right that's, there. I, I wanted to be factual with my, uh, with my <laughs> reply, but now I have been silenced. <laughs> Oh man, um, yeah, th- it could be a uh, it could be a really good uh, movie because you've got these like first of all San Francisco, like that's like the first of all like hate Ashbury like that is like ground zero for the '60s and that's where all the crazy you know the Allen Ginsberg and all the um, City Lights bookstore and Dylan hung out there. Um, I've been to City Lights. I'm going to probably play one of the parts in a piece. I'm going to get a long hair wig and yeah. Are you going to play Papa John? You're going to play Papa John Creech? Um, I don't think that would go over well, but I'll I'll find a part for myself. I think you'd be an excellent Papa John. (laughs) Declan, please edit this part out. Thank you. (laughs) I myself am going to audition for the part of Grace Slick's aggrieved husband. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's got you all over it that's perfect casting so uh so great uh, <laughs> there's a call from paul kantner uh also i want to do a bit because grace slick slept with everyone in the band everyone wow so jefferson airplane jefferson starship except with one exception she never slept with Marty Ballin. <laughs> Marty Ballin had to walk around by the end like, what the F? <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> he slept with Papa's on Creech. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Grace, how about it? Nah, no thanks, Marty. Nah. Nah, you know what? I'm, I'm tired going to bed. <laughs> You're going to bed? You're Grace Slips. <laughs> We'll put that in the movie, Beef. Yeah, Marty, just throughout the Marty Ballon tries to get with Grace Slick and constantly. That would be a good part for you too. Maybe you could play him. Uh, that see now you've really hurt me. You've <laughs> the quick <laughs> stick the knife in and twist <laughs> uh, with the uh, yeah. Well, I think well she had a baby with Paul Cantner. Yeah. China Kantner, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, went on to have a bit of a career. Yeah, I think she's an actress. Yeah, I think you're right. But, um, yeah, and uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it would be super interesting, too, like all the fights over. You know what? We're going to uh, go for more of the journey sound. And Paul Kantner going, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to, maybe I could play the music executive, or no, the radio playlist guy who somebody walks in and tells the, tells him what White Rabbit is really about. <laughs> and I just start screaming, shut it down, shut it down. No more Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> I want to be the, the- itself, Beav. This is going to be a huge hit. We're going to, we're going to rake in the cash. 
I want to be the record executive that comes in to Jefferson Starship at the end and says, you know what you guys need is a horn section. <laughs> that's what Paul Kanger says. I am leaving. I'm going to play two parts then, because I'm going to come in at that point, too, and go, and while you're at it, remove the Jefferson. Well, <laughs> those are my two big lines. Well, Shut it down and remove the Jefferson. Remove the Jefferson. Well, I think, and I'm going back to my notes here just to find out, because Kantner, after the release of Nuclear Furniture, Kantner said, uh, this band is now mundane, <laughs> and I'm not proud of it. So I'm leaving. <laughs> And I, I'll play, can I play Kantner? There's so many good parts. There's so many juicy parts. Could I play Kantner, the radio head, and the guy who says remove the Jefferson? Well, here's the thing. I want to, I want to, because Kantner said, I'm leaving the band and I'm taking the Jefferson. Oh, there you go. Okay. So I could just play Kantner and the radio executive. Yeah. So Perfect. the video can say, not the Jefferson. And by that time, Beeb, when the movie comes out, you can say, featuring Len Foote, known for important. <laughs> so the box office will be incredible. Yes. Uh, it will be. I, I want to play uh, uh, the guy, David Freeberg. Because this would be a great scene because Kantner, okay, he's left the band and he goes, and Freeberg is coming with me because Freeberg too thinks you're all mundane. And Freeberg was like, uh, I actually don't think that way at all. I, 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 I kind of like the mundane. I think we're kind of good. And uh, Kantner's like, you're a, you're a bastard. And, uh, and, and Freeberg, Freeberg probably called Kantner later and said, I have all the money now. Well, what Enjoy happened? Enjoy the number one hits. No, because Freeberg, Freeberg, so Kantner leaves, and Freeberg's like, "Well, guys, that was a close call, but I'm in." And Grace Slick says, "You know what? Actually, buddy, you're fired." Oh man, darn it! <laughs> so Freeberg, we have to write this. We need to write this. According to Wikipedia, Freeberg was invited. There, there, there are 89 members of Jefferson. <laughs> But Freeberg was asked back later uh, and was in the band Jefferson Starship. This is in the 90s. And then Kantner rejoined, but still was not talking to Freeberg. <laughs> Betrayal. <laughs> Ten years earlier. All right, and so this is what we got to do, Beef. I'm going to get Franklin Sampson on board to reserve the rights to all this stuff. Love it. This is it. This is the idea, Beeve. This yeah. is what's going to propel us to fame. We need a title for uh, for this movie. I think Remove the Jefferson is a good title. Remove the Jefferson is definitely... Or no, I'm taking the Jefferson with me. I'm taking the Jefferson. Mm -hmm. The story of Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> yeah. Story. That's it. And my Oscar clip will be either that line or shut it down. <laughs> and uh, I might, I might thank you when I win an Oscar. So, uh, there, I mean, there are so many scenes where uh, uh, Slick insults the Germans, Grace <laughs> insults the Germans. Maybe I'll play her. Hmm. Everything's so juicy. I, I don't know. That would be amazing. It's starring yeah. Lex as Grace Slick. Maybe. <laughs> maybe we'll put out a casting call. We know a lot of talented people. We do. Uh, I know a lot of people that can play Grace Slick. Uh, yeah, we, we could just say, so how are you with a gun? Almost as good as me is what you're about to say, right? Uh, well, nobody can play Grace Slick uh, the way that you possibly could. <laughs> that, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I think you would bring a singular element to the uh, <laughs> also true of Grace Slick. 
We need to find who's going to be the Marty Ballon that follows you around saying, uh, hey, you just. Uh, <laughs> I think you should play that part. I'll follow you around saying, how about it? <laughs> you just slept with the janitor at the uh, Winterland Ballroom. <laughs> Marty Ballin. Marty Ballin's getting conked on the head. Or no, I'm I'm gonna be Cantner. We'll 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 put it out for Grace Slick. We'll we'll put out an audition notice for Grace Slick. I mean, that could get you an Oscar of the like because you know, say what you want about Grace Slick, but that's not a tragic figure at mm -hmm. all. Yeah. Like she basically did whatever the heck she wanted to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and not only survived, but she's a visual artist now. Mm -hmm. So she does like paintings and other and lives in like Marin County and counts her money. So, yeah. But it, which is weird because like Bob Weir, who is from that same era, I mean, he's still out there. And yeah. so Cassidy and Jorma, those are the other two. Uh, surviving members and they're out making music and grace slick is like nope <laughs> all done yeah. yeah maybe she can't sing anymore maybe she had a great voice mm -hmm. who's do you prefer her voice or you know from other contemporaries from that period like there's there's janice joplin there's Joan Baez. There's Joni Mitchell. Um, from that are like you know, I'd say I'd rate Joplin above her. Yeah. No, I don't like a ton of Janis Joplin songs, but when you hear Janis Joplin belt something out, you're like, wow. Yeah. So I think as far as vocal power, I'd put Janis Joplin ahead of Grace Slick, but I like Grace Slick than the other two you mentioned. Yeah. And Grace Slick, you know, was also like not shy about like she was into the free love. Mm -hmm. You know, that was, I mean, she really like lived the 60s and you know, you know, was a symbol for that. Mm -hmm. Maybe Janice, I mean, Janice Joplin, maybe not as much. Um, because I mean, they're both were transplants to San Francisco. Cause I think. She, Grace Slick was from the East Coast, I think, originally. And I think Janice Joplin was from Texas. Yeah, I think so. Um, anyway. <clears throat> yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, that would be a uh, that'd be a great movie. And I think that um, uh, Christopher. Well, get, get, <laughs> you know where Grace Slick was born, Beef? Where? Highland Park, Illinois. I knew. I think she comes from like big money too. Well, one one thing says Highland Park. One says Evanston. But she grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, oh, so, so she, she was actually out there already. She was from the area then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I see two things that say she was born in. Oh, maybe she's from Evanston, but she was born in Highland Park. Maybe the hospital was in Highland Park or something. Born in Highland Park. Lived for a while in Evanston and then moved to the Bay Area. Yeah. yeah. Well, Evanston, as we all know, is a hotbed of liberalism. <laughs> so it's probably where she got her ideas. Yeah. Yeah. From the get go. All right. Well, anything else on uh, the. That we I just got to get on the phone with Franklin Sampson and get this rolling. I it's a, um, it's a great unmined territory. I agree. I think it's a story that uh I, I feel like you know, like a lot of these bands are kind of like slipping under the radar too, like um Crosby Stills and Nash. You know, I think they're kind of receding into the into the woodwork. I don't know though, because because Crosby passed away recently. I feel like I hear more about them now. That's Just true. because that, that wasn't that long ago. You wonder when Grace and Slick... I do read a fair amount about them still. Mm -hmm. And Neil Young is still making music. So I, I don't think they're they're really under the radar right now. 
You wonder when Grace Slick, when it's her turn, you know, whether that will kind of spark the. I think it will. I think it will. I think so too. Because she's the most famous out of all the Jefferson airplane people. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Well, uh, looking forward to Franklin Sampson's. I'll get going on the treatment. Uh, just to yeah, go. prepare a, prepare a casting notice. Maybe post that tomorrow. Yep. Plans are afoot. Just say Cantner is mine. Yep. Just Len will be playing uh, Paul Cantner. Beeve will be playing Marty Ballin. And I'm also playing the radio executive. Everything else is open to everyone else. Yep. And so, uh, so if you are playing Grace Slick, just get ready for a sad Beeve to follow you around throughout <laughs> the entire. Movie. I totally picture it. <laughs> Marty Beaven. <laughs> Marty Beaven. We just have like, uh, you know, they be, be around the shoulder. <laughs> Excuse me, Grace. Mike Meredith would call certain people the Marty Ballon of the factory. He's the, <laughs> this guy's the Marty Ballon of the factory. <laughs> yeah. But what did that mean when he said that? Well, there were certain people in the factory that uh, would sleep with most others in the factory. Oh. Not, there was always one person that was left out. Of, <laughs> and so Meredith would say, you are the Marty Ballon of the... Wow. Uh, That's rough. It was uh, more of an observation. Uh, <laughs> you can the, tell me off podcast, Beeve. I need to hear all this. We don't want to... Um, yeah. Uh, uh, we don't Franklin Sampson warned us about that. Yeah, no, no names. And before the hippo horsey one, he's like, "Listen, no <laughs> names." I probably already said too much anyway. Yeah, I need Franklin. Well, uh, before I say anything, I'll really regret. I just want to say thanks very much for listening. To we got big, big numbers. Yeah, we everyone. Yeah, and that was great. Um, please tell a friend about us. Your kind words are our best forms of advertising. Uh, please uh, subscribe to us. We're available wherever fine podcasts are found. And follow us on the social medias. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Drop us a line. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know any topics you want us to uh, talk about. If we pick your topic, you're going to get a free Jagbags t-shirt and other cash prizes. Maybe even a gift certificate to Mashwaters, Len's successful Ooh. restaurant down yeah. River North area. The Bear Who. What Chicago <laughs> needs is a series about Mashwaters. <laughs> when we're done writing the Jefferson Airplane movie, that'll be next. Love it. I love it. Well, on that note, when you're ready to listen, put a little jag bags in your ear.